Before we get into the issue, I just wanted to let you guys know that this is the free version of the podcast, and all that means is that this is far behind where I'm at in the Patreon version. So if you're liking this and you need more John Constantine, you can't get enough. Be sure to go over to patreon.com slash planes, trains, and comic books, all one word, and sign up for the Hellblazer tier, which gives you access to the entire Hellblazer library that I've done so far, and a new Hellblazer podcast every week. And you'll also get the exclusives from our main planes, trains, and comic books podcast. So if any of that interests you, definitely check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash planes, trains, and comic books, all one word. And with that, let's get into the issue. Today, we are reading Hellblazer number 14. And uh, this one is pretty cool. It's the beginning of a new story arc called Fear Machine. And just a little catch up before we get into this. So previously, John has defeated Hell and Heaven together. Uh, Both of them had plans on like how to get one up over the other. And John, of course, put himself in the middle and uh, kind of ruined everybody's plans. So in the process of that, uh, Nergal the demon that John was kind of double crossing went to John's flats and murdered everybody. <laughs> and this has led to John being homeless. And also, because they've been murdered, of course, uh, it looks like a Satanist went through and just did like pentagrams everywhere and everybody's blood and chopped people up. So the police think that John is the person who did this. And so they're after him. And also, all of John's friends have officially died, all the ones from the past. So he is like 100% on his own. He doesn't have anybody to turn to. So that is where we're starting at this issue. And uh, first things first, we got the cover here. Once again, it's a pretty esoteric cover, but uh, we can see things like there's a map, kind of a topographical map looking thing in there. We see some stones arranged, kind of like Stonehenge. And then we see some faces of some people who we haven't seen before. So John's probably going to meet some new people in this one. And of course, this is written by Jamie Delano. The art is by Richard Pierce Rayner and Mark Buckingham. And we start off on the first page with John having a bad nightmare. If you remember in the last issue, he also had a weird nightmare on the beach where he was at. So that's going to be a theme going into this new story arc. In this nightmare, uh, it says there's a park full of thin, starved people who look like refugees, and uh, there's some guards guarding them, and then there's a small boy looking through a fence at them, and he's kind of hitting the bars of the fence with a stick, and then that's where he wakes up, and we find out that he is in a woman's bed, and we find out her name is Julie, and that she is a bartender and student from the city, I guess, and uh, she's here on vacation as well, so he's staying in her hotel room because, like I said, John is homeless right now because he can't go back to his house because the police are looking for him. So he's just kind of been, I guess, sleeping with ladies or sleeping on the beach or something. And that's also probably why last issue he had uh, no beach clothes. He was just wearing his trench coat and all that stuff. So anyway, John gets up and he leaves before the girl Julie wakes up. And as he's leaving, of course, people start noticing him and he's kind of talking to himself saying, I've been here too long because people are starting to notice that I've been here and it's kind of the end of the holiday season. So they're kind of like, when are you leaving? So he goes to get uh, some croissants or something for breakfast and then also get a newspaper from a shop with some cigarettes. And as he looks down at the newspaper to read it, he's like, oh, shit. His face is on the front page along with the headline, Face of Evil, Satanist Slayer Sot. And we see that this specific issue is called Touching the Earth. And on the next page, we, we see that John has left town. He is 
started hitchhiking wherever he can get to away from that beach town and his home in London. So his first ride is from a dude that has like a fish truck or something. And he is the most annoying, most obnoxious person ever. So he's starting to say, so I says to this bird, snotty little bitch. I says, darling, if you don't want to walk, you better lean over here and give me a gob. And for those of you who don't know, that's basically him saying, you better give me a blowjob or else I'm going to throw you out on the street. So Constantine, of course, is horrified by this dude. And he's like, oh, my God. So he's like, pull over. And he like runs out. And the guy's like, no, I was talking about the girl that I did that to. I don't want one from you. And Constantine thinks to himself, big, ugly bastard. I hate blokes like that. So he tries his luck hitchhiking again. And people are just driving by, almost hitting him a couple times. And then a police car drives by and he's like, "Uh uh-oh, 10 to 1, this one stops. And he was right. They do stop and they turn around and tell him to stop where he was, but he's already running. He, He runs into like, I don't know if it's the woods necessarily, but it just looks like a very overgrown area with lots of like bushes and stuff like that and maybe weeds and vines. And he ends up falling in the water of like a stream that's there. But luckily for him, the cops didn't stop because they actually thought it was Constantine himself. They were just kind of like, oh, it's probably just a drifter that looks like him, but we got to check. And so when he runs in there, they're like, I'm not going to go in there. (laughs) That's annoying. And our shift's almost over. So they basically let him go because of that. So Constantine kind of follows the stream out of that area on into like an open field and he (laughs) reaches into his pocket and sees that his cigarettes are ruined and all wet. And Constantine's thinking to himself, it makes me sick. I saved the world. And the next thing you know, I'm worse than a bloody terrorist. Even if I tried to explain, they'd never believe me. Sodom. I should just build a boat and sit in it, smiling, watching as they all drown in the rising tides of their own stupidity. So as he's feeling sorry for himself and complaining, uh, Uh, He begins to take off his clothes because they're all wet. And he takes them all off because he's in the middle of nowhere. He doesn't see anybody. So he's like, well, there's no point in not being naked or whatever. So he dries everything off. And as he's like just pulling off his underwear and about to hang him up to dry him, he hears a voice say, hello. And he's like, what the heck? And then we see the person who said hello. And it is a young teenage girl who, having seen Constantine's butt, uh, sees his tattoo that Constantine doesn't even know he has. Uh, which is a callback to Swamp Thing, specifically the issue where Swamp Thing takes over John's body to impregnate Abby so they can have a baby. And on his way to his wife, he was like, I'm going to get John back for all the crap he's done to me. And he gets a tattoo of a tree on his ass and John doesn't even know that it's there. So she says, oh, that's a nice tattoo. I really like it. And he's like, what tattoo? (laughs) And the girl just kind of comes and starts walking out of the trees where she was at and Constantine is starting to get nervous because he's naked and this is a teenage girl so he says to himself Jesus where'd she come from more to the point where's her mom and dad I can do without this all I'm short of on the charge sheet is indecent exposure and child abuse and then he tells her like hey you shouldn't go up to strange naked men because <laughs> they might hurt you they might be predators and then she pulls out a knife and says I would stick them with this if they did do anything to me and then she says that she can tell from Constantine's aura that that he's an okay person and that he wouldn't hurt her 
And then she introduces herself as Mercury and invites him to dinner with her sister named Marge. And Constantine's asking her, like, hey, what are you doing out here anyway in this field by yourself? And she's like, oh, I'm just picking magical mushrooms. So she's actually picking, like, shrooms for uh, the group she's with so they can get high. And that kind of lets John know, oh, these aren't, like, people who are going to report him to the cops or something. So he follows her and she runs the whole way there. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm so out of shape because he smokes all the time and he's from the city and it's really funny all his inner thoughts because he's basically john is a complete city boy even though he seems like he's in touch with magic and stuff he's definitely not a nature person so he follows mercury all the way back to her camp where her and her sister marge have like a vw bus or a camper of some sort that they uh, travel around in so john gets introduced to marge and they kind of talk and Constantine's like, oh, aren't you worried, like, because I'm a strange man that your daughter talked to in the woods and stuff? And she's like, well, anybody that Mercury vouches for is good for us. So it seems like they know that Mercury has some sort of aura powers or whatever, and she can kind of see the good or bad in people. So as they're talking, another person walks up. His name is Eddie, and he's been traveling with Marge and Mercury as well. And so what I can gather from this comic is that these were a thing in the 80s. I don't know if they're still a thing, but a lot of people who were counterculture and not a fan of the city and politics and stuff like that going on, they just decided to get a van, a cheap van or whatever, and start just traveling around, staying where they can, living off the land, and then meeting up at certain points where they could do like a protest or they could just hang out for an extended period of time until they had to leave again. You kind of think of it like a traveling commune or something like that. And because they're non-traditional, like to traditional society, the police and stuff always hassle them. And like if they find them, they will just trash their vans if they're away from them or they will just kick them out of wherever they're at. So it's kind of like a lifestyle that's not accepted by the mainstream society or at least the government in Britain. So they invite Constantine to go with them. And now he's traveling with this group of new people he met. So they drive into the night and we see that they're around Salisbury and Andover, it says, on a sign they pass. So they actually get to see Stonehenge as they drive by and they're talking about how they'd like to stop and visit them, but they're all behind fences and it's like a shame that the the government is keeping them like prisoners behind fences and stuff. And they begin to talk about like ley lines and different types of like earth magic and asking John if he knows anything about that kind of stuff. And of course, John isn't really wanting to reveal everything because he doesn't know these people, but he's like, I dabble in some stuff. I, uh, I dated a geomancer or two. <laughs> so they start telling John about their kind of being hassled by the government and what they have to do to live. And then also uh, they start talking about how the way that they're traveling and stuff is how the oldest cultures of the world used to be, but the 20th century has killed most of them off. And that travelers have always been inconvenient to settlers like the Indians, like the Aborigines, like the gypsies. They just don't want to be held down by society or these settler style cultures. And I think it's kind of funny because as Eddie is saying all these things like, you know, explaining their way of life and stuff, John is kind of, and it's late at night, of course, but John is kind of dozing off <laughs> like, mm -hmm, yeah, all right, all right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, settlers, culture, yeah. And he slowly falls asleep. And when he wakes up, he sees that they're parked with a bunch of other travelers that have gotten together at one of these meeting places. 
and everybody gets off their bus and they kind of say hi and catch up and also introduce John to the rest of the group. And John's kind of taking it all in. He's intrigued by this kind of lifestyle, but he also doesn't really quite fit in and he doesn't understand what he's supposed to do in this role because like I said, it is like a commune and everybody's kind of got a part to play. So Marge sees John kind of standing there twiddling his thumbs and she walks over and says, hey, John, you need to get out of those clothes because they make you look like a renegade social worker. So she gives him some new clothes and then says, we'll sort you out with a bender. And, and Constantine's like, what? What's a bender? And he's thinking to himself that, you know, he always thought a bender was a suspended jail sentence or a gentleman of homosexual proclivities so he's like well i guess i'll learn what this is and basically all it is is a tent made out of bent tree branches and of course that you know that's why it's called a bender and you just throw a tarp or something over it to cover it and there's some funny moments where john you know because he's a city boy is like trying to do this and of course the sticks that he's bending one of them slaps him in the face and whatnot so there's some funny moments while he gets to know marge and mercury better also, they gave him an awesome animal skin with fringe shirt on it. I don't know. It's, it's like a ridiculous looking shirt, but he definitely fits in better with it. So he gets his tents all set up and then Marge and Mercury tell him, hey, make sure that you dig a ditch around this area of your tent because you're kind of on a slope and you'll get full of water if it rains. And he's like, no problem. And then he meets another guy there named Errol and he's being super nice to John. He says, oh, I know what it's like to you know stay in a tent for a couple months and stuff so if you need like a shower or whatever you can come over to my camper and I have it and he also starts talking to John about his life and introducing himself and he tells him like oh yeah I'm like a mixed race guy and I've always kind of felt like I don't fit into either side so uh, that makes sense that I'm you know part of this culture where I get to pick my family and everybody's super nice so I thought I would welcome you to the group so Errol leaves his tent and then John kind of goes out to meet the rest of the people and help out with dinner and so he's helping peel potatoes but he kind of sucks at peeling potatoes because he has never really done it before so marge introduces him to a couple other people named joe and sam and when he meets sam he says oh like samantha and sam proceeds to pick him up completely off the ground by his arms and he's very surprised and i'm not sure if they're saying that sam is a trans woman or if she's just a really strong woman and can do that but uh, it seems at least that her and joe are in a relationship together so i only point that out because it's very obvious that he's trying to show that these are all like kind of people who are not accepted by the current society of britain and because of that they have chosen to like get away from that society and they found each other and now they have their own community that supports and accepts them so after meeting everybody constantine and his new friends have dinner together and they talk about magic and stuff more and they're kind of even more impressed by how much constantine knows about magic and whatnot and then constantine decides to go to bed so he leaves them around the fire and once Constantine leaves, a couple of the people are kind of like, that guy's kind of strange. <laughs> Do you think he'll stay? And then uh, Eddie, who was reading a newspaper, says maybe for a while, but that's what Mercury says, because Mercury kind of, you know, has that sixth sense for people. But we see the paper he's reading is the one that has Constantine's face on the front page and the headline, Face of Evil. But they don't see it as of yet. They're just kind of talking about him. And then we see Constantine kind of getting settled in his tent, kind of unused to the nature outdoors stuff where he's hearing animals and stuff at night. But he is eventually able to fall asleep. 
And then he's woken up by a large thunderstorm that happens and it begins pouring rain and he wakes up soaked to the bone because he forgot to dig that trench like Mercury and Marge told him to. And that is the end of the issue. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, you can email me at planes, trains, and comic books, all one word at gmail.com. And we will see you on the next one.